Okay, so good morning to all of you. Uh, so, a quick update. There's so much going on in the world. What's going on in the world? It's, the father is moving. The enemy does not like it. But really, there's, there's so much that's happening to draw people closer to him. And for us, it's for us, we go deeper and deeper and deeper still. We don't, we don't have a choice right now. And we're going to talk about keep my commandments in just a second. I want you all to know um, my update from the Afghanistan debacle because my company was directly involved in the maintenance and such at the embassy. All of the people that were not local nationals, that's what we call the Afghans, local nationals or LNs, all of the people that were working in the embassy are, have all left and are all back in their home country. That includes the Nepalese army that helped protect the embassy along with the Marines. The Marines were responsible for just the building and the army, Nepalese army did the rest. All of them are back home. The local nationals, on the other hand, are their whereabouts are kind of unknown by my company. I'm not talking about anybody else, but my company. And so that's kind of a bummer because one of them, a couple of them I've worked with for five, like five years. So don't know what's happening. But did they have an idea about what was going on, the local nationals? Several of them resigned right before this happened. So my guess is they knew. But what's God doing in this place? I don't know all of the answers to that, but I know that the faith of those that are Christian believers in that nation are definitely being challenged. And fear is, a, again, the driving force behind what a lot of people are doing, what a lot of people are saying. And so all we know is perfect love casts out fear. And so I declare over that nation right now the, the agape of the Father, and that it be poured out on everyone so that everyone come, can have a chance to see and know, you know, and being, I've been there, right, you guys know that, so that was probably one of the hardest things I had to deal with, is that God loves those people. I don't know why I'm crying. And I had a hard time with that because they didn't really like me a lot. They didn't treat me nicely all the time, and especially like in the airport and on the, on the plane, because not used to, I mean, not used to just me, what you guys are barely used to me. But, um, you know, just acting like I normally do is outside of the realm of most of what the Afghans understand. And so I don't think that's either their fault or whatever, but still, they did not treat me very nicely. And, and there was times when I was, I was, a, I was a little bit afraid because I didn't know what they were going to do. So that's just how it goes. So I imagine how that's all going on over there. So, okay. Whew. So next, um, you guys know about the hurricane? I still don't know why I'm crying. So it's a pretty serious hurricane, Category 4, and <clears throat> there's a couple of NASA sites there. So I've worked at those sites, and I have friends that are there, and I don't, hopefully they all have taken care of. Why are you giving me that? Just in case. Thank you, Jay. So anyway, I 
God, I tell you, I was talking to Robin on the way here, and I'm like, what, what's happening in that region? This is the second huge storm they've had in like 10 years, right? Because Katrina, Robin says today is the anniversary of Katrina. Is it today? Okay. Yesterday or today. Yeah. Kim confirms. And so what's happening in that place? And all I can think about is that the breath of God, there's a gateway there that's related to the breath of God. I don't, I can't tell you exactly where it's located. I just say that region seems to have, I believe, that kind of um, characteristic of the Father. And, and that's where the Lord is going to, he's going to blow in once again, not just his agape, but his seven spirits are, going to, are just going to invade that place. And I would rather the, the hurricane go away, but the Father has a plan that, once again, is beyond my understanding. So, so Father, we, we pray that your seven spirits will blanket that place, even as these winds come in, and that your rain, that the rain that's falling will really be your rain, your life-giving water that will spread throughout this land, and that so many more people will know who you are. Their eyes will be opened. And I just pray that the chuling will accomplish what it needs to, that there will be restoration, not just begun, but established in that place. Amen. And, you know, it's going to, Jim, thank you, Vicki. She can't hear you. Oh, wow, long time ago. 16 years ago. Woo! See, that's how bad my memory is. Okay, thank you. Um, and, you know, this storm is predicted to go up through, you know, obviously Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee. Then it's going to make a right-hand turn and go out to sea. So there's going to be lots of, you know, there's going to be lots of the reign of the Father and lots of his seven spirits flowing through our, our country. Okay, so that's not me. That's you. Okay. Uh, it's like, I don't have my phone up here. Yes, I do. Okay, so we're going to talk about Keep My Commandments. And Pastor Ron taught a little bit about this in one of his one of the messages I listened to. Sorry, I can't remember which one because <laughs> I've been listening to a ton of them. What was the most Sunday? I think it was Sunday's Sunday's lesson. Anyways, I when I heard him talk about the keep my commandments and the way that he was explaining things, it just made me want to go go look for more. So you can type in in most of your Bible programs keep and commandments. And you'll find in the New Testament, there's 14 different verses that have keep and commandments as part, of the, as part of the verse. And so I just, I was asking the Lord, I just, I just want to look at this and see how this really affects us. Because us understanding keeping commandments from infancy till now, okay? So when you first become a believer, or even when you're somebody like me who grew up in a Catholic church, the commandments were the Ten Commandments. And God always wanted us to keep those Ten Commandments, and that's what I was always told. And if you don't, then something happens, and da-da-da-da-da. So the Ten Commandments is great, and it's, a, and it's a basis for an understanding of who God is and His desires for us and His, and his alignment, our alignment of our heart with those Ten Commandments is a beginning point for, for who we are as sons or even as people who just 
are in the beginning of the believing part of life, right? But when you look at commandments in the actual definition, it does not say the Ten Commandments. It does not have a reference point to the information you find in Exodus with the 15 crash Ten Commandments, as Larry likes to say, and so does Pastor Ron. Um, it's, it, it doesn't have that kind of reference point. When you look at the definition of commandments, it's a, it says it's entole, entole, oh, I can say it, which means an order, a command, a charge, a precept, but it also is a prescribed rule in accordance with which a thing is done. So sort of like a precept, right? It's, it's a, a, whatever's given at the time. But it also can be a prophetic word. It can all be, also be something that God has planted within you as a son. You know how he drops those words within you. And you are participating and following that command and praying in that venue. Now, we have to go back to what, how does he do that, right? How does he drop a word? Well, if you are interceding, if you are at the right hand, the Father can communicate to you and drop a word within your heart, and that is a command, we don't necessarily, when you say command, doesn't necessarily, we have, a, we have to go do something right now. That it just means as an intercessor, we pray that to bring that forth. Pray, yeah, that's what we do. So uh, when you see command, it can, be, it can be anything that God reveals to you that needs to be done. So now let's take it about the keep and the command. So keep my command is literally for us to hold and apply the directives of the Most High God where he is ordained for you to serve in righteousness. For us, one of our terio, because that's what the word keep is, is terio. For us, it's Port St. John, Brevard County. As I was talking, I was talking to Josiah about this in youth group, and I said, Josiah, do you know what a terio is? He goes, yeah. Well, what is it? Well, it's like my space. Oh, okay, so it's your, sp- I, I gotcha. And I said, well, what's one of your spaces? I'm not sure, which is okay. He's learning. I said, let's be real simplistic. Let's talk about your bed. That's your space. That's right. Okay, so do you keep your commandments, keep God's commandments on your bed? I never thought about that. I said, well, okay, let's expand. So we we continue to expand and talk some more about this. So when you keep the commandments in the terio that he has placed you in, or even in an intercession you find yourself in, you're taking the directives that God has given you, you're applying it, in prayer and in deed, in that place. And what happens when you do that? What happens when you keep the commandments? Well, some of these scriptures are going to show that, but when you do anything in the righteousness of God, I want to say amazing things happen in the natural, but amazing things happen in the spiritual. Our duty, one of our du- well, it's, it is our duty as, as a son is to keep the commandments in the terio. Now, 
Everybody know where their terio is, besides the ones that I just said. So, really, it's the principle of welcoming the kingdom of God to earth. And because that happens, there is always a revealing that occurs. We'll see some of that as we read scripture. There's a revealing of truth that will occur, his, his majesty, his glory, all of these things occur, whether it's seen in the natural, but in the spiritual, it's known. Does the enemy want us to keep the commandments? No, obviously not. Because when we do that, like I said, things are revealed. He does not, he does not have that desire for things to be revealed to you or things to be revealed in the terio. The terio, he wants. He wants the territory. He wants the location. He wants to be the one in control of these places. And yet the father says, you, Gail, keep my commandments in your terio. As you do that, I will reveal myself not only to you, but to the terio. And that's what we, I mean, that's, that's part of what we desire. You have this puzzled look on your face. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Are, are you saying that God would give you a directive? Like, I'm trying to think of, a, of an example that you're including this, keep the commandments as a, a, a directive that might be unique to your terio as opposed to spiritual principles that he's taught us and, and continue to lay upon us line upon line, and wherever Terrio we are representing at the moment, whether it's this one that we're always in, or one that he has us assigned to in prayer, that we are that we are staying committed to those same principles. Yes. Did I sound like I was implying something different? That's what I was trying to understand. No. I, I mean, we all have those principles within us that we know, right? The things that we've from the beginning, as a, as a son, we have those, we carry those forward. I'm saying that there could be a directive that the Lord gives us that builds upon the things that we know, that he drops a word within us that we pray okay. or we stand in. Okay. That didn't seem to clear it up for you, though. No, that's... Anybody else? Because if I lost her, that's not good. <laughs> Well, usually you're right with me. That makes me, what did I do? You guys all okay? Everybody with, with me? What's that look on your face, little pastor? It's fine. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's, our, it's our privilege as sons to keep the commandments. It sounds so very strange, but it's our privilege to keep the commandments of the Lord. And again, back to the commandments concept, sure, you can use the Ten Commandments. That's a great basis to, to go from. But again, God's commands can be as simple as, Gail, pray for that street over there, for instance. Go. Okay, so... Okay, now we go. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm just... I'm thinking along a different line or something. A directive that he gives you is not necessarily part of keeping the keeping the commandments as this is talking about when I know when Pastor Ron taught about this he he taught that it was you know much much of the church looks at this as what you just said the 10 commandments which is a list of do's and don'ts and hopefully you're keeping more do's than you are don'ts right 
but that's not really what this is referring to at all. So even, I guess, even if that's our basic understanding, that's missing the mark, so to speak, because that's, that's not what this is referring to. This is talking about the, the deeper spiritual principles in keeping the commandments that God has, is teaching us okay. and that we've embraced. And so if, if it's just about praying for somebody, well, that's obedience to a directive he's given you, but I don't know that that necessarily falls under this category of keeping the commandments, you know what I mean? Um, unless you're just saying part of that principle is that we should be supplicating and, and then functioning in prosuke, or diasis and prosuke as a, as a, that's part one of those spiritual principles. Okay. It's not the specific, you must pray for this place, mm-hmm. but this, this, the principle is more like you need to regularly be committed to diasis and prosuke in your terio. So when it talks about, for the definition, about it being an order or a precept, are we following along the same lines with what you're saying right there? Yeah. Am I following along? Okay. So from that concept of it being an order, even if it's a just, I'll quit bringing it up, the Ten Commandments as a basis, like a foundation from which we launch forth the rest of the things the Lord says, nothing he says is against the Ten Commandments. No, this is all about your okay. understanding of functioning in a deeper level. Okay. And if you're just going to function on the surface, you're going to miss the heart of what God meant by those Ten Commandments. Okay. I think I understand what you're saying. Or maybe I should say the Spirit. The Spirit, yes. This is definitely a Spirit event in every, in every way. Okay. Did everybody follow what she said? And everybody's cool. Okay, we're still good. Yay. Okay. So we... We have to stand and do what God says. This is a, a very much of a basic of we understand that as sons. Well, we have to find out. We have to know what God is doing. We can't stand unless we know what he's doing. So how do we find that out? Once again, we're back to we must pray. We must be at the right hand of the Father. And I'll have to tell you, distractions are extraordinary right now. All kinds of distractions are all about. And even when I started this teaching, the whole thing that I talked about, Afghanistan and the hurricane, that can also serve as a distraction. And God gives me a command to declare, and we're good. I mean, I'm, I'm back on track. But we cannot, in this day and hour, allow anything to distract us from prayer. It, it has to be a very high priority in our lives, and it, it has been, and yet, think about how often you've prayed. Just think about in the last seven days, how often you've prayed or started to pray, and then you were distracted by fill in the blank because everybody's different. Whatever you want to say. We must, you know, be, get, our, get our hearts in the right place like God's been telling us from the get-go. Make, I don't even want to call it a rededication but a dedication even further into prayer, into his heart, into being at the right hand of the Father. When we are in that place, keeping the commandments, I believe, is is a lot easier um, than what it is for me lately because of my, my distractions. I have distractions like crazy. And so I've been asking the Lord a ton, I need help. (laughs) 
I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm going to make myself push that over there and do this over here. Even before I came in here and I'm looking over my lesson, there was 1,200 thoughts. I probably could have numbered them that were not related to what to, this, to the teaching that, that I'm trying to deliver. So feel free to pray for me. <laughs> so we, we, function, we function in the word of the Lord. We know that. But as keeping the commandments, that is part of our functioning as sons in the terio, in, in whatever area, place that God has put you. So let's talk about our first scripture and see if we can get going a little bit better. Um, Vicki, could you read the first scripture for me since you got the mic? And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that's God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? And Jesus said, Well, you should do no murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What do I lack? And Jesus said unto him, If you will be perfect, go and sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So in other places in the Gospels, this is the rich young ruler. It's the headline. It's a young man. It's not, it's not an old fart like me, and I'm not going to say anything about anybody else in here. Um, but it's a, it's a younger person. And right before this scripture in Matthew, he, he does talk about, you know, don't, don't keep the children from me. Allow them to come. Remember, the children were trying to run up to, on Jesus, and the disciples were like, no, get back, get back. So the setting for him to, for this rich young man to come up and have a, and speak to, to, to the Lord, it's kind of set. We got this, don't, don't keep the young people from me. And now, well, little one, and now this young man comes. Well, he's pretty, he's pretty keen to share with Jesus his resume. So I call it his resume. And he's, he's, I've done all of these things. I don't know if he said it in a haughty fashion or not. But he said, I've done all these things. What do I lack? Now, was, was that question very sincere? From where he was, I think so, the, the, the rich young man. I think, he, I think it was a sincere question. But when Jesus said, I need more, I need, I need more, the kid said, or the young man said, no. I mean, his, his response, his actions said, no. As sons, we, we have given everything. But I'm telling you now, God God's asking you for more. It's a complete devotion. It's everything. And it's not just the possessions. I mean, they say that, you know, people look at us, see, if you're a rich person, because right after this, he talks about the camel and the, you know, the whole eye of the, yeah, okay. It's it's hard for a rich person. It's not, I don't think it's just that you have money, though money can be very difficult. I believe it's anything that you think makes you a rich person are you willing to give that up? And this is a classic example of what we just talked about earlier with the Ten Commandments, although he's not saying, I kept the Ten Commandments. Right. He is listing all the good things he's done that, in his mind, 
are the good things you do as a believer, even a Jewish believer or whatever. And, and Jesus is the one said, well, if you really want to be, want to possess true vitality, mm-hmm. what you really need to truly live, then you need, you need to be committed to the spiritual principles of God's word, not just the outward acts, not exactly. just the list of do's and don'ts. As wonderful as they may be, mm-hmm. you have to be committed to the spiritual depth of what God's word is saying. Yeah. And from the very get-go, you know, the, the young man presented as, as though he understood, and isn't that the way it is sometimes, as though he's understood what God's really saying. In the very beginning when he said, one came unto him and he said this, good master, and the word master is just meaning a teacher, an instructor. What good things shall I do? That's that word agathos. And it says that I may have. That's the word echo. That I may echo eternal life. Eternal, something that doesn't have a beginning or an end. It's a perpetual thing. And, of course, life, it's zoe. So when he's asking the question, he's presenting himself, just in the verse, very beginning, Presenting himself to Jesus as though, I think I've got this down, but I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything, so let me just throw that out there. And, and we know, I mean, we probably know or understand some of the people that are like the really big people in the religious world, and they, they at times present that kind of question or present that kind of process. I know what I'm doing. I got it. I'm going to echo. I'm going to echo eternal life. Okay, so we're good. And yet... Have they devoted everything to the Father? Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, this this is one of those um, instances where the the rich young ruler had come to Jesus with the concept that he had arrived. You know, he he because of his faithfulness to the law, obviously there was some benefit that he had reaped, and this was part of his, like you say, resume that says I've arrived, and yet. When Jesus talked to him, he, it wasn't about you have to repent, but he says if you want to be perfect, you know, he 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 commended him essentially in that that he had come to the right place. He, you know, all that he had done had brought him to this question, and and now the answer is if you want to be perfect, if you want to fulfill um, the the all that God wants for you. You know, so it was the, it was, a, this is the next step, you know, and, and to me, if, if he had been thinking about, okay, what's my next step, this would have been readily accepted. He said, sure, you know, like the guys in the boat with, you know, Peter and, and those guys, they, they said, okay, and they jumped out and, and they even left their, their uh, father in the boat doing by himself now, the fishing work, and, and they just left it. They, they said, this is the next step, and, and so this was... This was the answer that there is another step now. Now that you've come to this point, let's go further because it's about the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and so this was Jesus really saying it's about the journey. You know, God wants more of you. He wants you to move forward. Uh, and, of course, that was to release his, the hold that his identity had on him to take on a new identity. Yeah. It, and it's, it's, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were something. Like it's, um, it's true, and I got to tell you, I think one of the reasons the, the, the dude walked away is because the thing that Jesus said was extremely 
uncomfortable. And I have to tell you, I used to think uncomfortable was, I'm doing something wrong. And I've come to know that it has, it really doesn't have anything to do with that. The Lord is going to make you uncomfortable. Otherwise, how are you going to grow? I'm not saying he's going to make things go wrong or allow things to go wrong. I understand all that concept. I'm just saying, right now, in what everything that's going on in the world and on the earth, and, and maybe even in your life, there's going to be uncomfortableness that God's bringing about now. Because, again, he's looking for that dedication within each one of you. That dedication, have you given everything to him? And, and there's not going to be any big fanfare about it. There's not going to be like trumpets blaring and, you know, anything else, fireworks going off. Are you in that place of dedication? And this young man believed as much as he had understood the spiritual aspect. He believed he was there. And even so, to the point where Jesus was saying to him, you know, what did he say? He said, uh, why callest to me good? That word callist is the word lego. So he's looking at the young man saying, okay, what are you, what are you trying to build? What, what are you trying to build? You're calling me good. But, you know, the, Jesus saw the big picture. He was like the, the bestest teacher seer ever. He saw the big picture that this young man was presenting. And he, and he just got right down to it. Um. And he, and he tells them, if you will enter into life, keep my commandments. If you will walk through that open door, if you will, if you will go in and, and give it all, everything. I have to tell you, I think, I'll keep thinking, I've given everything to the Lord. My life is not my own. And I say the words, and I don't want to just do lip service. I want it to be a real deal. And it, at times, it's hard harder to be the real deal, just atmospheres, oh, I'm not thinking of that, oh, I'm not, you know what, the Lord is like, I, I, I love you, Annette, and it's great, but you not remembering is not a good enough anything anymore, it's not a good enough, I just don't remember, I just don't think that way, I just, you know what, hmm. no more, no more excuses, no more excuses, because if you don't have this dedication now, if you don't have this uncomfortableness now, then in a, a month from now, whatever's going to happen, whatever going on, is just going to be almost going to seem like it's not something you can overcome. That's how it might feel or seem to you. And so, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what God has coming up, but I know that that the the more the more uh, let's say it the right way. The dedication that the Father is asking from us is not more than we can give. It is all that we can give. And it's almost, we're almost to a point of not having a choice. So you're either on board knowing that God is in control and he is the faithful one and we're going to follow him or you're in the, okay, I'll follow him here, but okay, over here, we're good. I'm going to follow him over there, but over here, not so much. And, and it's, not like I, it's not like God hasn't shown that to you, too. I mean, I'm going to say that bold statement, that all of you understand those areas that are not totally dedicated to him. 
And, you, and, and he's saying, okay, let's go. It's, it's time now. Here we go. Keep my commandments. It, it can be something as subtle as just trying to tend to something in the natural. That is a good thing to do, but it's not what God said to do. And I, I'll just give my personal example. I mean, um, I've got a granddaughter in the public school system. <laughs> I know that in two weeks of school, she's already lost She's already lost two days of school, and she's had two COVID tests just because of the trace con- contact tracing. She's not been sick. She's never been sick to kick her out of school. She missed her first volleyball game because two minutes before she left school, they told her she'd been, she was quarantined. She'd been to school three days, and that was her fifth day. So they'd allowed her to go to school three days minus two minutes, and suddenly she's not good enough to go to the volleyball game, and she's got to go test it. Okay, this is all natural stuff. And so I was, I was planning on going to the school board meeting just to be a presence on, <laughs> on Tuesday. And the night before, I've been trying to remember to ask God to use my spirit, like Pastor Ron said, use my spirit during the night. Even if I'm not cognizant of it, use my spirit. And I don't know when it happened. I don't know if, it, if I was actually just falling asleep or if it was a, if it was a, uh, a dream. I just know I remember it happening while I was asleep. And when I woke up, it was the first thing on my mind. And it was just a voice that said, you're doing this in the natural. And so I came here for prayer in the morning and I laid down to pray and asked the Lord, and the first thing I heard is, Your battle, our battle is not against flesh and blood. And I began to pray then, supplicate before the Lord and ask him, what do I need, what do I need to release over this, over this overall thing? It's not just about this one item or this one item over here. What do I need to release over this whole atmosphere? And he was leading me to declare things. But it can be that simple that we just... There's nothing wrong with anybody that went to the school board. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But that if I want to do only what he's saying to do, then I'm going to have to ask him <laughs> to start with. And, I, and I'm going to have to really seek him and make sure that I'm, I'm only doing what he says to do and nothing else. doesn't matter how good an idea it is. Mm-hmm. And I know that's probably a simplified example, but that's, it, it just happens very subtly. It really can. And I think... In so many ways, that's the way the enemy's trying to work right now, and he's part of his strategy. I'm going to be so subtle, I'm just going to light up and say something, you know, I'm just going to whisper something in their ear or whatever. And, and again, if we are someone that is, I mean, we are, we are sons of God. All that we do is directed by him, it needs to be directed by him. And, you know, I say this, and, and there's certain areas in everybody's life, maybe, I don't know, maybe not, where we... We, we just don't, we forget about God. We just do, you know, muscle memory. Yeah, just do it because that, oh, this is what I do. And, and the Father's saying, I need you to ask me because there's so much going on and so many moving parts. My kingdom will come and my will is going to be done on this earth. And it's going to happen only through my sons. That's how he moves his kingdom. So, Okay. Um, next scripture, Mark 7, 5 through 9, and here we are talking about traditions. 
Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Okay, even just reading that out loud, that sounds so ridiculous. Okay, he answered and said unto them, Well hath um, Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. I can't believe he's saying this to them. <laughs> As it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things you do. And he said unto them, Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. So this is a different keep commandments. It's not keep the commandments of God, though he says that needs to be happening. It's keeping the commandments of man, and in this case, traditions. And, you know, I know a lot of places, a lot of churches have traditions. I grew up Catholic. We have traditions galore. And the Lord is saying, and no, get, get out. <laughs> Reject that and keep the commandments of God. And so when you think about that, in the, in the spirit realm, if you have a tarot, and in that tarot you are keeping traditions instead of the commandments of God, what can happen in that tarot? Well, one thing for sure, stunted growth. Because now you're not even thinking about God. You're just going like, we've always done it that way, so that's the way we're going to do it. And one of the biggest things that we had to deal with out at the Cape, out at Kennedy Space Center, is dealing with traditions. We've always done it that way. Well, guess what? <laughs> it ain't working. Okay, but yeah, we're that, we, we're that same way. Now listen, let's talk about it from the aspect of being a son. Do we have traditions? Do we have things that we fall back in, we just, we just fall into because that's the way we've always done it, even as a son? Just praying in tongues, just because? I mean, in the beginning, that kind of worked for me. I'm not sure what I'm praying, Lord, but I'm just going to keep praying in tongues till you show me something and okay. Well, you know what? We're at a point where that's not good enough anymore. That's a nice tradition, but it has to be a deeper praying in tongues. Don't ask me how that works for you because it works for you differently than me, I'm pretty sure. But there has to be a, a, a deeper go after. I mean, I don't know... The last time you spoke spoken or prayed in a tongue you haven't prayed in. It's and it's also why God has, has not only taught but now He's bringing it back around again to reiterate these these concepts He's shown us about prayer. It's sometimes it's not tongues. Sometimes we're supposed to be praying in another way, but it never becomes a list. But it's it's you know when you're supplicating, you may be praying in tongues while your mind is praying in an understanding. Does that make sense? Yes. Or maybe, like me, sometimes you're challenging. You have to stop the tongues <laughs> and, and just concentrate with what your mind is, is praying in the deasis. Mm -hmm. it just, it's, just, it's different, but it's not wrong. But it's that tradition that we have to set aside. And, and I encourage all of you, if you haven't recently prayed in tongues and asked the Lord to give you a new tongue, do it. Why are, We should be doing it almost every day. Oh, not almost. We should be doing it every day. And it's just, it's, just, it's just a little odd. I'm so comfortable with this tongue. 
or that tongue. I mean, I don't know how many you all have, but sometimes you're like, yeah, that's one. Oh, that's cool. That's one. You usually have one you kind of always slide into. No, don't slide into anything anymore. Don't fall into tradition. Fall into the commandments of the Lord so that in your terio, things will progress and flow as the kingdom of God is coming through, coming about, whatever, however you want to say it. Go ahead. And another word you could substitute for tradition is narrative. Is what? Narrative. Narrative. Oh. Because you're, you're committed to your own narrative. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to give that up. Oh, that's, that's part of the keep. And Yeah, okay. Hoo-wee. Okay, next scripture. Uh, the Comforter, John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. I almost just put that scripture in there and just said, okay, that's all. Do you love God? Okay, we're moving on. Uh, but I, I kept on, and I pray the Father... And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. I'm going to read that again. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. That's an incredible promise. And it starts with, if you love me. And we understand agape. And I'm, I'm telling you, the Lord's going to show you more about his passionate purpose in your life in the coming months, I think leading up to the conference and even after that, the rest of this year. Because if we do not love him, if we are not understanding his passionate purpose for our lives, no coughing, spreading of coughing aloud, um, we're, we're going to be lost. We're going we're gonna to get hit upside the head, and we're going to just lose hope. I mean, that's one of the things that I have noticed is happening throughout the world. Christians are losing hope. And I, I believe there's, there's, I know it's going to sound weird, but I believe there's gateways, because we've been talking a lot about gates. I believe there are gateways of hope throughout the earth. And remember, the hope is that faith, seed of faith that's planted within you, and you, you, you know it's going to be. Well, do you know that God's kingdom is going to be on this earth? Do you know that? Do you know that this is his footstool? I mean, all those things we've talked about in the past, do you know the truths that God's already revealed to you? Those, a lot of those are, are, are some of those seeds of faith that are put in with us because our hope cannot, well, is not going to just go away. Our hope is in him. And what he's doing. And so, the comforter, yeah, we can talk a lot about the comforter. We can talk a lot about um, the, the truth and understanding that. So, you know, we understand comforter is the word parakletos. We taught, Vicky's talked about this. Some people have, have taught on it, you have. About someone to come alongside. An, an assistance that occurs. So, um, let's see. Calling out to someone for help or assistance in a task or necessity. Now, when I read that, I have to tell you that I always think I'm the one calling out to the Father. I'm calling out to the Father for assistance. Um, What if that comforter, what if the Father is calling out to you? Oh, that's a, no, no, he doesn't need my help. Well, 
Absolutely he does. If he didn't need, his, need our help, then let's all leave now. <laughs> Come on. So he's calling out to you. The comforter is calling to you because he needs assistance and he needs help. The father is the one that's calling out to you. And so what is he, you know, why is he calling out? What does he need assistance? Well, obviously, um, he needs intercessory prayer. He needs people that will stand in the gap. He needs people that will break forth. He needs people that will declare. He needs people that will, you know, any number of the sons of God things we've talked about. God needs a kingdom. <laughs> he does. And that's, that's, the kingdom is always who is in it. It's, it's mm -hmm. never about really territory. You know, the, the, the earth is his footstool. It all belongs to him. He needs it to function. And we are the lifeblood of the territory. We are what carries out the commands. We carry the, the oxygen that, that supplies. We carry the waste away that has been deposited. I mean, that's our job. We are like the blood. And there is a, uh, a great correlation of, of how the blood has been applied to us that vitalizes our work. And we, we speak the blood of Jesus over us that we would be exactly what's needed for the kingdom. And the kingdom has come in that uh, there are those who, who are functioning in this capacity. And yeah. without us, there is no kingdom. True. Amen. So... Um, when we talk about even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees, that word sees is not a, one of our normal words. It is the word thoreo. And we've talked about this before, but it's been a while. Thoreo is to see, see God, to see God in what's happening, to, to, to see him. That's pretty plain and simple. And so... What Jesus is stating is obviously fact. As, as Pastor Ron likes to say, it's reading the box score, which I always think is funny. Do they do read box scores in France and in, in other places? And I think about that, and, and they do, because I've caught Franck reading box scores of a, of a soccer game, football game, sorry, Franck. And, and he actually reads how many shots on goal, things you guys don't, maybe don't understand, but whatever. How many, how many of this, how many of that? And it's like, penalties and da-da-da. So yeah, reading the box score, Jesus is just making a statement that the world cannot see. They cannot thoreo. Let me find that. Mm, they cannot, the world cannot receive because they cannot thoreo him, the Lord. They cannot thoreo, they can't see God in what's going on. And is there a better time? And Not a better time. That is not the white right way to say it. Is there an, an, another time in, in the world that this can't see what's going on is actually relevant? I'm sure there's other spots in time, like when World War II happened and Hitler did all this stuff, and some people could see it and some people could God was seeing the whole thing. He knew what was going on. If you thoreo, if you have that eyesight, that vision, you're, you know, you're going to be a lot better off. You have to squash down those emotions. That's what I always have to do. Well, the spirit of truth is really, I mean, we function in that, but that's, that's what is going to be the lifeline of accomplishing what, whatever task he assigns us 
as well as staying in the right position so that we're, how, how do I want to say this? We're empowered. Well, we're empowered, and so that the enemy can't touch us, basically. Can't touch until us. we fulfill. I mean, we, we, so, we, so we can fulfill what God's assigned us to do. That spirit of truth is what we envelop ourselves in and what we, yeah. it, it's what fuels us and what drives us and what moves us. Yeah, and, and it even gives us, if you understand, you understand truth, I know you do, it even gives us like specialized weapons or tools that we know we need to accomplish that. Go ahead. Yeah, because not not only do, could they not the, can the world not see what God's doing. Most times they don't even care about it, and I include right. in that even part of the church because they don't know who they're supposed to be. But they don't they have no idea how to perceive him, how to understand what he's doing. Even if they could see it, they wouldn't have any idea. And you know, you see that in some people who've not committed, they still have these giftings, and they're they're seeing things in the spirit, they're hearing things, they're but their perception of it is all haywire. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have a grid to plug into. Even if they know about sonship, they're not functioning in it. And so it's all about just seeing the thing or just hearing the thing or what God's saying about it. But they, they're not, there's no way to really apply it in the power of how it's supposed to move. Right. And, you know, the spirit of truth is, has a lot to do with things being revealed, right? And, and that's how we, we continue to operate in our terio. God reveals things. We pray, we intercede, we declare, we do, we do what God asks us to do, whatever it is that he might be revealing. Truth is very important in this day and age. Really, I mean, it has been ever since we've been doing this, but it just seems like, woo, in the last couple years, holy macanoli, I really need to understand what is real. That's why I call truth. What is the truth? What is what God is doing? What is his kingdom um, perspective on this? So, once again, how do you operate in the spirit of truth? Well, it's not just by going willy-nilly, running around, and all that other things. It's commune with God. Again, a, a dedication to giving him everything so that he gives you everything in return. Of course, it's not a one-for-one trade, because what we give him, <laughs> some of that he's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> like the ugly Christmas present, thank you. But he returns, you know, tenfold. So, okay. Um, Jesus will manifest in you. John 14, 21 through 23. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, For some reason, John felt it was important to say that. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Good question. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. So why doesn't he manifest to the world? Because manifest is probably not quite the word people think, but it's close. So manifestation, you know, that something that you can see, put your hands on. Go ahead. Disclose himself. Disclose, right. So here we are, and, and the world is not going to get it. Once again, Jesus understood. Reading the box score once again, and he makes it plain and simple for them to understand. You know, I think Judas's question was, again, in a sincere fashion. 
Go ahead. And look where the onus falls on we will come to him and make our abode with him. We're yeah. not just sitting around waiting for God to come force himself upon us. That's right. <laughs> so for, for the manifestation to occur, a person must first love or agapeo or agape God. That passionate purpose that he has for our lives. This is, this is part of, this is, we know this. This is what we do. This is what we are doing. The agape is not a one-time, shh, there you go, see you later. It's a continuing thing. And that's one of the neat things about all of these scriptures. And I got to tell you, when I looked at this stuff, I'm like, I know I've read this before, but what is this saying again? And I have to keep asking. Go ahead. And, and it's making it very clear that that agape is evidenced by the fact that we're echoing those spiritual principles that God's taught us. We're not just hearing them and then going, okay, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. We're actually consuming them and making them part of who we are, yeah. putting them into practice. They become a living part of our structure. Yeah, in this scripture, we're not only tearing, tarrowing, uh, tarrowing, or reowing. <laughs> we are tarrowing the commandments. We're also tarrowing the logos. That's what the word words is, logos. And so we know the logos is that foundational purpose that the, the scriptures, the written word, and all that comes with it. Because it's not just that simple. As far as just like, these are the words, let's do that. So we have been called to serve the Father in Eterio, and in that place we will keep the commandments, and we will keep the words that the Lord has given us, has revealed to us, has shown us. Okay, what else did I want to say about that? Oh, the, the abode. Is the word abode minnow? Anybody, could you look that up, somebody? I should have wrote it down, writ, writ it down. I didn't write it down. Okay. And so that's, that's abide, which means to stay, which is like, no, duh. Okay. All right. Next page. Flip it over. John 15, 9 through 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This just, I don't, I don't know why I added this in here, but this is just a continuation of what we just said before. That the, the simple part is, if you keep his commandments, you shall abide in his love. That's, you're going to be, you're going to reside, you're going to stay in the passionate purpose that the Father has for you. Again, when I first revealed, when it was first revealed to me about this word agape and his passionate purpose for us, for me, it, it, changed, it changed the way I looked at God, and it changed the way that I look at, at love, loving God and God loving me. So it's, it can again be life-changing. Let's go. Let's have about it. Um, so, right, the abide is the word meno, to remain or to stay. The word, um, even as I have kept, that I did not, I don't think I made it highlighted on your on your thing, kept is the word terio. I, I didn't mean to leave that off there. I tried to bold everything that was terio or 
commandments. Okay, next one. Without spot, unrebukable. Is that, what, that how you say that word? 1 Timothy 6, 13 through 16. This was cool. Timothy, young pastor, Paul speaking to him. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time he shall show who is the blessed and only potentant, I can't say that right, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. I, I should have put verse 12 in there because verse 12 is fight the good fight. And then verse 13 he says, I charge you in the sight of the Lord who quickeneth all things. This is what you need to do. This is what we do. We fight the good fight. And it's not our definition of a good fight. It's God's definition of a good fight. Because our definition of a good fight would be we go down to the board meeting and we make sure they know that I'm there and uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. That is, there's nothing like Vicky said, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good fight. But is that the good fight that the Father has given us? Is that the agathos of that, of that terio at the time? Apparently not. So we don't do that. But we always fight the good fight. What the Father is designating, the agathos, the, that, that good, that tobe place, that's what he wants us to do, to fight that good fight. And so Paul tells, tells Timothy, I'm, you know, I charge you, I'm, I'm giving you a message from God, and I'm sending it to you in the sight of God. That's just another word for seeing, but in the presence of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who punches Pilate, witnessed a good confession. Isn't that an interesting thing that he just brings that up? What good confession happened during that terrible time in history for us as believers? That Jesus is the Son of God? That Jesus did not argue, did not fight that fight in the natural, let me go? but that he fought the good fight of, I've got to keep myself aligned with what I see my father doing. For the joy set before me concept. And he said, my kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Not of this world. <laughs> Did you get the bug? No, he's still flying. He went over okay. the gate. <laughs> you eat him over there. Um, but, but he, what I, you know, what I really understand by that is the fact that he was not judging his success by what was appearing before him. Right. So that wasn't his kingdom. His kingdom was a spiritual kingdom that was being inhabited by people functioning in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So fight the good fight has everything to do with the kingdom of God, with the spiritual aspect of what the Father's doing. Right. Right. And so you look at um, that... In 14, where it says, keep this commandment without spot. So it, with, with it being free from, you know, well, I don't know the right word, but free from any kind of reproachable words that you might say or actions that you might do, and unrebukable. So that's something that's, that cannot be 
laid hold of. You cannot, the enemy cannot lay hold of the truth that is in the Father, that is in this very thing to fight the good fight, to fight the place that the Father has placed you, to keep the commandments, the terio, the commandments. Go ahead. Well, the enemy wants to grab hold of the truth and twist it. And if we represent a pure representation of what the commandments are, mm -hmm. there's not going to be an ability for him to twist that. Right. It's just, you know, untwistable. It's untwistable. And that's true. That's absolutely true. Okay. Um, 1 John 2, 3 through 6. We'll just read the last two. You guys are hopefully getting the concept behind what the Lord, to me, was showing. But let's see. 1 John 2, 3 through 6, And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him, and keep not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. I could almost stop right there and just not read the rest. But whoso keeps his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to so to walk, even as he walked. Continued encouragement, obviously. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. That's the, that's the, the whole thing in a kit and caboodle. But how far are you down that, down that path of understanding that the Son of God, capital S, and the Son of God, little s, that's us, and that's the walk that we walk. So we keep the commandments, and if we do that, that means that we know him. And boy, do I want to know him. I know him and keep, and we're not going to not keep his commandments. Okay, last scripture. Love God. 1 John 5, 1 through 5. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. We're going to terio his entole. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever, hmm, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Yay! And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And I can say amen to that. This, once again, this is our life. This is who we are. And the, the sooner and quicker we embrace the whole truth about this, the better off we're going to be. When you talk about overcoming, it means exactly what it sounds like. We're going to conquer. We're going to conquer the enemy's plans, the enemy's kingdom, even we're even going to overcome ourselves, which, man, I need that because our bodies are of the world. Our spirit man is the one that is overcoming. We're going to overcome. We're going to carry off the kingdom. The, the, try that again. We're going to carry off that what the enemy is tried, that is absconded. We're going to carry off that over to the kingdom of God and make that his. And that's, that's overcoming. That's the overcoming. And you look at this and you see God has ordained a plan to win the world. Can I say it that way? He's, he's got a plan, and we're part of that plan. So keep the commandments. Understand your terio and know what God is doing in that place. 
We have some set places that are Ontario, but in intercession, he can take you, as Vicky said, to different, different Ontarios that we need to keep the commandment there. What is he saying? What is happening? What is going on? And man, I'm back to the parakaleo, the comforter. He is calling us to help. He's calling us to assist. And, and that's not something I've ever been able to wrap my brain around, but it is something that is real. He has called us to do that. So, um, yeah. And this is, this, the enemy hates this. Enemy absolutely hates this. We absolutely love God. Father, thank you for um, having this relationship with us. And Lord, let us take this as, you know, just as serious as we can, just with an understanding we've never seen before. Father, help us just draw us to you. Draw us to you in, in ways that we've never understood or seen. And let your agape fill our hearts. Let us understand your passionate purpose in our lives from head to toe, from left to right, and that we will align our heart with your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.